You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. The Swedish air traffic control outage may have been due to solar flares, not Russian attack. The U.S. and Russia meet in Geneva to work out confidence-building mechanisms for reducing tensions in cyberspace. The cyber war against ISIS picks up its pace. Cisco warns of JBoss server vulnerabilities. Details are published purporting to describe how the hacking team was hacked. In industry news, we hear of some new acquisitions and we learn of a strange marketing wheeze. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Monday, April 18th, 2016. Sweden's Civil Aviation Administration, the LVF, is now saying that the disruptions that country's air traffic control system sustained back in November were the result of unusual solar activity. That makes the incident a natural phenomenon and not, as earlier suspected, Russian jamming conducted in conjunction with cyber operations as a coordinated attack. Some ambiguity remains, but for now at least, the verdict appears to be sunspots. Russian cyber operators were frisky enough late last year, just ask utility customers in western Ukraine, but the possibilities of mistaken intentions and erroneous attribution in cyberspace are real problems. Senior U.S. and Russian officials are meeting in Geneva this week to develop confidence-building measures analogous to those that evolved during the Cold War. The U.S. is increasing the scope and tempo of cyber operations directed against ISIS. Sources in the Department of Defense have told the Daily Beast and other media outlets that they have moved beyond the initial phase of blocking and disrupting ISIS online command and control into a spyware campaign designed to identify individuals and networks engaged in the conduct of ISIS's war against its many enemies. Much of this information is said to be fed to targeting cells planning lethal attacks on ISIS leaders and units. The U.S. is also said to have moved Marine Corps EA-6B electronic warfare aircraft into the area of operations. The venerable EA-6B Prowler, now operated only by the Marines, has received upgrades making it an effective airborne platform for cyber operations, as well as more conventional electronic warfare. German intelligence officers, RT surprisingly reports, are looking at the Snowden leaks and answering the question, who stands to gain, with Russia. They don't suggest that Snowden was a Russian agent, but they do think the leaks were managed in such a manner as to do maximal damage to relations between the U.S. and its allies. RT's full name is Russia Today, and the story amounts almost to an admission against interest. Maybe. 
Researchers at Port Swigger have reported finding an XSS filter bypass vulnerability in Microsoft's Edge browser. The flaw is thought to reside in code imported from Edge's ancestor, Internet Explorer. A patch is not yet out. Port Swigger says it disclosed the issue to Microsoft, but has received no timeline for patching. Cisco's Talos Group has again warned of the risks facing users of out-of-date JBoss servers. JBoss ransomware is active in the wild, and K-12 schools are thought particularly vulnerable. Someone using the alias Phineas Fisher has published an account on Pastebin of how he hacked Hacking Team last July. Hacking Team was much derided at the time for an executive's password choice, the ridiculously easy-to-guess password, with the letter A in password changed to the number 4 in a bit of low-security cunning. But this isn't, says Mr. Fisher, the way he got in at all, and his drawing attention to the password was misdirection. Instead, he found an exploitable vulnerability in an embedded device. Speculation is that it may have been a switch, and he worked his way in from there. Once in, he was able to exploit unencrypted backups. All in all, the hack seemed to not have been a trivial one and needed much more than skid skills to accomplish. Hacking Team also looks, retrospectively, a bit less ill-defended than originally suggested. By the way, the alias Phineas Fisher is an homage to another lawful intercept shop, Gamma Group, one of whose products is the FinFisher surveillance tool. You can read his interesting account of the exploit in his pastebin post. We have a link on the CyberWire Daily News Brief. Softpedia thinks a bit about the Tor browser exploit the U.S. Federal Bureau of Investigation deployed a few months ago to reel in some child pornographers, and Softpedia thinks the episode suggests that the Bureau is sitting on a Firefox Zero Day. The online publication predicts a wave of FBI Mozilla litigation over Firefox security. Three acquisitions in the security sector are being discussed as the week begins. Magic Leap, a U.S. virtual and augmented reality startup, has bought Israeli security shop BitNorth. Their intention, they say, is to ensure that their products ship with the best possible security built in. Alert Logic has bought Click Security, augmenting its analytics and threat intelligence capability. And finally, French company Orange Cybersecurity has acquired Lexi, a threat intelligence services shop. We close with an adventure in marketing and a riddle. When is a catastrophic data loss not a catastrophic data loss? Answer, when it's a hoax. Italian funster Marco Marsala, who also owns a web hosting company, posted this message to Stack Overflow's server fault forum last week, saying he accidentally deleted his whole company with some wayward bash script. But it turns out the whole thing was a gag, a marketing stunt to promote his business. How that might work as marketing is unclear. But what fun, huh? Did you find Mr. Marsala's gag funny? Well, neither did Stack Overflow. They've communicated their displeasure. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. 
In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and zero trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go, helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their SASE journey, visit netskope.com. Joining me once again is Joe Kerrigan from the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute, one of our academic and research partners. Joe, we were both traveling recently. We came back from the Women in Cybersecurity Conference, and uh, my flight was delayed. I was sitting in the, the airport in Dallas and uh, wondering if I should jump on the airport Wi-Fi. Good idea or not? Uh, I think it's a bad idea. Okay. <laughs> and I'm just going to I'm just gonna uh, say that uh, any, any of these public Wi-Fi uh, access points – particularly if they're unencrypted, are generally a bad idea. There, there could be anything else on the network. You may not even actually be connecting to a Wi-Fi uh, access point that's controlled and operated by an airport or by some trusted entity. It could just be a rogue access point that looks like uh, a, a, an airport or, or a Starbucks or whatever McDonald's Wi-Fi access point. So all of my data in that case could be flowing through to some bad actor and they're analyzing it, pulling out uh, you know, all my personal information. And, and, and uh, to me, it looks like I'm on just a regular public Wi-Fi. Yeah, if you're not paying attention, it would look like you're, uh, you could be subjected to a man-in-the-middle attack very easily. So what's a way around it? Are there, are there ways I can, even with public Wi-Fi, I can, I can do what I need to do and be secure about it? You can, you can increase uh, or reduce your risk by using a commercial VPN product. VPN is virtual private network. It creates a tunnel connection to their service, and this would be a, a service that you trust. Uh, I use one. It costs about $30 a year. The encrypted tunnel is from my computer to their computer, and then they access the Internet on my behalf. So that connection is fully encrypted. So even the traffic going over the uh, the public Wi-Fi, no one can see inside of it. That's correct. All right. Good advice. Joe Kerrigan, thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. 
And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the dark net, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com cyberwire.